Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Your Best Lifestyles International Podcast, sponsored today by Five Rings Financial. Preparing for the possibility of a critical medical illness or condition, that's probably not high on your list of fun things to do, I know, but its importance cannot be overstated. Two-thirds of people who file for bankruptcy do so because of medical debt, and 62 of cancer patients are in debt because of the treatment. The numbers are just staggering. But did you know that living benefits can safeguard your family from medical bankruptcy? That's right. Yes, sir. How does it all work? Okay, almost all life insurance policies come with a death benefit. It's money that will go towards your beneficiaries when you pass away. A living benefit is a feature of some life insurance policy that allows you to access the death benefit while you're still alive if you utilize the living benefits. Living benefits allows policyholders to access their death benefit to get the money in their hands fast when they need it the most if they suffer from a heart attack stroke cancer or other qualifying illnesses and the best part is check this out these benefits come at no extra cost you heard me right so if you're interested in what living benefits look like for you contact miss ashley griggers right now five rings financial financial strategies california license od as in david 84935 or visit her on her website today at www.ashleygriggers.com. That's www.ashleygriggers.com. G-R-I-G-S. Go there today. Welcome back, world, to another exciting episode of the Your Best Lifestyles International Podcast. Happy Monday. We are here at the Hall Robinson Public Relations and Media Group Studio right here in Marietta, Georgia, on the outskirts of, outskirts of Atlanta. Thank you so much. I hope you guys are doing well. Happy Monday. It's almost June, okay? One more day and it's June, so that means we are halfway through. <laughs> 2021. Yeah, I was just thinking about that earlier because this time last year we were trying to, you know, we were trying to figure some things out. But now here we are, you know, and um, the question I want to pose to you guys is uh, how are you guys doing from then to now? You know, if you're still here right now, you're doing great in spite of maybe some of the setbacks or some of the rollbacks or some of the things that you had to deal with it mentally and emotionally and all that stuff like that. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you lost your career, but, you know, high performers are always finding a way to survive, you know, so think about that for a minute, you know, where were you last year this time and where are you now? You know, that's a crazy thing because there's so many people who are not here now, you know, so many people who had to pivot, you know, in their business and their personal lives and their family lives, you know, and careers. That's very challenging, you know, uh, back then. But you know what? You know, check this out. It's very challenging now still, you know, because we're still in a pandemic. Even though they rolled out the vaccine, me, myself, personally, I am still on the fence about the vaccine because, you know, you know, I'm going to say it because I never really did trust, trust the pharmaceutical companies and, and the government. You know, I think it's all, all a money grab. But, you know, that's just my own personal 
belief. Now, if you're one of those individuals who have taken the vaccine and you're good, then that's fine. Great. Congratulations. But for me, even when it came down to the flu shot years ago, they said, take the flu shot and there's so many, <laughs> so many people end up sick. That freaked me out. But being a health and wellness advocate, I deal with so many people who are on so many meds right now and the side effects are really crazy. So they need a pill for the pill. So when you're telling me, hey, take this shot, you know, I'm not the first one to be standing in line, you know. So, um, but however, you know, if you have, are one of those individuals who may have taken the vaccine shot, you know, more power to you. I know my mother and some other seniors and some friends that I know who have taken the shot and not are not experiencing any type of side effects. Then I, I got some other people that I know who are more like, don't take this shot because it's doing, you know, it's, you know, it's calling swelling up the lip nods and, you know, all that stuff like that. It causes stuff in women. And, you know, so it's, it's for me, you know, it's like being a health advocate. And then I, I hear, I see and I hear both sides. So I'm a little, you know, trying to figure out what's the best route for me right now. But I'm good. You know, right now I'm good. So I hope you guys are doing well. Okay, here's the deal. With all that being said, I hope you guys are really doing your daily checks. You know, I like to check in with people and make sure that you are doing your mental and emotional checks, your spiritual checks, your financial checks, your exercising, your eating well. I'm talking about focusing on nutrition, right? Great food, <laughs> not pizza and wings, okay? Let's get it, you know, I understand the emotional eating. So I hope you are stretching more because a lot of us, you know, we work in remotely, we had a desk, we're not stretching and really focus on posture and, you know, all those different things. I hope you're doing that. And I hope hope you're uh, meditating as much as possible and praying as much as possible. And the number one thing I hope you are um, practicing great self-improvement hacks, okay? Your greatest contribution to the world is you becoming a better version of you okay that's the biggest contribution that's the biggest gift that you can give loved ones is for you to self-improve always and this pandemic is really showing us i have shown us how to self-improve if you have a growth mindset if you have a you know you have a set mindset and you know you just kind of you may be stuck right now but this is a good thing but if you look at nature you look at nature, you look at the birds, you look at the insects, they are still doing what they're doing. You know, if you sit quietly and you just watch, maybe on your patio or on the front porch, maybe at the park, you see the birds are still doing what they're doing, the squirrels are still doing what they're doing, ants, all, you know, all these different things. The human species is the only species that has to adapt all the time. Okay, so you gotta learn how to adapt. Anyway, so I hope you guys are doing that. Okay, I'm running my way. Let me give some shout out to my sponsors, man, because I'm super excited. I got some new sponsors, new sponsors, and you know, without them, you know, this will not be as, you know, rewarding and enjoyable because people, you know, hear the voice, hear the podcast, and they want to, you know, invest and, you know, do all these great things like that. So I want to say shout out to um, Glossy Teeth Whitening System. It's a brand new company that's starting out launching next week you know thank you so much for the uh glossy uh uh lead lights you know if you really want to whiten your teeth you know which is a big thing a lot of people say you know 
the eyes are the wonder of the soul, but you know, <laughs> the mouth, what about the mouth? You know, a lot of time oral health is great, okay? You need to have great oral health, okay? So if you're a business owner, you're, if you're out in public and you're doing your thing, you you know, in front of people all the time, you want to make sure because people are always watching in, in your mouth, you know, they want to know <laughs> if your teeth is clean, if your, if your gums are right, you know, if your breath is fresh. This is the huge thing, you know, so you want to make sure you want to do that. So shout out to Glossy Teeth Whitening. Shout out to HT Vape Shop. I'm not a vapor, but, you know, hey, they're sponsoring. So, hey, I'm going to give a shout out to them. Their shout out be coming out soon. Um, a perfect, a perfect, uh, I'm sorry, a perfect shirt.com for all your t-shirts needs. You know, we just did a whole thing for them for, you know, the dope dad because it's Father's Day coming around, you know, all that. You know, so make sure you go to them. Burlington Beard Company. So, fellas, if you're trying to grow the beard, you got the patchiness and the itchy, itchy uh, face and all that. They have a great beard care uh, growth kit. Make sure you go to them at www.burlingtonbeardcompany.com. The Nature's Oasis Sea Moss. Thank you so much for the sponsorship. So, if you're looking to really get your health back together, really, really streamline your, you know, your BMI, your body composition, you know. CMOS. The funny thing about CMOS is that CMOS has been around forever. You know, all of a sudden, you know, all these different things popped up over the last year. Like, Try CMOS. Everybody going to CMOS. We're crazy, but shout out to them. Okay. Also, shout out to Marvelous Calm CBD Mint. So, freshen your breath and really get the, 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 the benefits of CBD at the same time. Happy Body Store. Shout out to them. For their um, muscle and joint cream, you know, it helps help you. You know, if you've got joint pain, you got arthritis. They got a nice little uh, cream that you can rub on there. Yeah, it may have some CBD oils in there too. You know, what I'm saying, um, I really go help alleviate pain and joints and everything like that. So, okay, so the Foundry Skincare Company. This is a great product that they are advertising for post-workout, especially for you guys. You know, you're sweating, take a shower, and everything like that. You know, uh, your pores may be open or your face may be dry, from, you know, sweat. So this is a great post-workout moisturizer. So make sure um, that you go get them, get them, uh, uh, the, the FoundrySkinCareCompany.com. And then Dex Game Gear for all you um, compression socks. They, you know, I don't, you know, to be honest with you, I, I, I like the socks, but I didn't see the significance with playing games, you know, PS2 or PS5 or whatever like that, but the, the sock is great for if you suffer from um, uh, feet pain, neuropathy, or you know maybe diabetes and stuff like that. You know that that's a great pair of socks. I love compressive socks. I can't wear them all the time, you know, but it's great. So we want to. Well, those are just our new sponsors. I want to give a shout out. So you know, without further ado, you know, I'm just gonna get started with this show. Okay. So my next guest, I'm so happy and I'm so excited to have her on her robot. She goes by the name of Natasha George. Natasha has spent her entire life in the health, community, and human service industry to make a difference for those most in need. Born to a mother who suffered from medical illness and raised from age 12 in foster care, Natasha understands the role of the caregiver in the lives of those who are most vulnerable okay natasha was rightly influenced by her foster mother who never ceased to help others you know sounds like a great person already all right and as a teenager she began her journey and her journey into helping others 
sharpening her skills through her of her first jobs, which was working in hospital settings as a patient care tech, unit secretary, and home care agencies as home health aides as direct care staff in group homes, all which she really, really enjoyed. After earning her associate's degree and her bachelor's degree in the community and human service management, she closed the she chose the career path that matched uh, with the footsteps of her foster 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 mother foster mother and helped others did that she helped her. I'm gonna start right there and I'm gonna come back. So welcome to the show, uh, Natasha Jordan. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. So I cut the bio short because there's a lot going in, but we're going to revisit. Now, you've done so much, right? As a young teenager, and then you're growing up uh, with the foster care mother and the foster care, you know, obviously that impacted your world so much. What age were you? I mean, you know, you was 12, but what was that, that, that aha moment for you to say, you know what, this is exactly what I want to do when I get older. What was that moment like? That moment was with my foster mom and I watched how she cared for um, others along with me and I was like wow. It just felt so natural. That caring ability for individuals that are not biological children and you know she she gave everything to us as if we were her own. So I started looking and I'm like you know, I can't sing, I can't do hair, so I think this may be my passion, caring for others, because <laughs> she did it so well. Um, and even my mom, and my mom's mental illness, she still, you know, with all that she had going on, she still provided, in her own unique way, that love and support. So I would say, you know, quite early, I, I, I knew about 16 that this was really the direction I was going in. Wow, that's amazing. Now, it sounds like, you know, your mother, she was an amazing person because it takes a really special soul to really care for others in that capacity. So shout out to her, you know, and um, I know a lot of people just be like, yeah, I can't do it. You know, I'm not strong enough. But that was her calling young, you know, early on. So, you know, how moving forward right now to, this, you know, fast forward to year 2020 in your profession, what changes have you seen uh, with the work that you do with with uh, COVID-19, 2020 up to this point right now? Because I know uh, it hasn't been, a, you know, a little challenging for you. Definitely. In my current field, uh, we deal with individuals that, you know, are vulnerable to society already without a pandemic. So with the pandemic, it just increased. So we're now having to make sure that they're a little safer especially for those individuals that don't have the proper safety or social skills. So we're doing a little bit more of we need to teach you proper universal precautions, you know, and this face mask wearing things. I deal with individuals that have intellectual disabilities. So not often are they aware of how to protect themselves and the elderly. So we're having, you know, teach mask skills and make sure, ensure that they wear masks well as the hand washing is important but it's more important now than ever so adjusted and then you're telling individuals you know the beginning it's like we need to stay home when part of my profession is to 
to teach individuals how to integrate into the community. And now I'm putting a stop on that to prevent their safety. So we're balanced, but we're doing good. Um, so that's all I can say is, you know, that we're doing better and we're, we're adjusting, adjusting very well. That's awesome, man, because, you know, with this pandemic right now, and because I keep saying that because we, I call it COVID-21 because, uh, you know, it's 19, then we roll into 20 really heavy, and we still hear a little bit, you know, certain parts of the world, like India is really being impacted, and Canada is still going through a lot of things, and the United States, exactly. certain parts of the United States are being you know, relaxed a little bit as far as mass taking and everything like that, you know. What I've been seeing now, you know, uh, Ms. Jordan, is that even though, like, the state of Georgia, especially in the Atlanta area, like, you know, the people, the, the government here is like, oh, you know, you had your vaccine shot, you know, you can relax a little bit, you know, but I'm thinking, I don't trust everybody because I don't think, people just got tired of wearing masks, and now I just see people walking around without any masks on, you know, you know, acting like they may have taken a vaccine shot. I don't know. I don't trust them. But how did you personally, because I know, you know, you deal with a lot of people who are uh, suffering from mental illness, but how did Natasha really take precautions for her own self? Because it sounds like you, what I'm reading your bio, it sounds like you are really a helper, a people person, a caregiver. But at the yes. same time, I know in, in, in the past, a lot of people who are caregivers or who are in your industry, they tend to put themselves on the back burners for other now others. So how has Natasha Johnson prepared herself personally, you know, uh, to make sure that she's the best version of herself when she goes when she goes out there professionally? Because I know it was challenging for you. Exactly. Well, I'm doing the same. I'm doing what everyone else is doing. I'm wearing the face mask. I'm ensuring, you know, the hand washing, the social distancing. So I'm maintaining the same standards as everyone else. We're watching the news to make sure that, you know, we're doing what we should do. I'm I'm in contact with my health provider to make sure that I'm still you know, in health, a, a great health, so optimal health so that I can ensure that I'm prepared for everyone else. But I still have the same, the same lifestyle in a sense because no matter what, because I'm a provider, I still have to go on. So when other areas of the world were like, we're shut down, we never had a shutdown, so I still had to continue each day. I just have to ensure that I maintain, you know, optimal health, that I keep the clients as healthy as possible. I encourage my, st- my staff to stay as healthy as well. So nothing stopped for us. Maybe a little less activity, but it wasn't like I could close business down and not operate. I still had to go forward as if we were at hospital, you know, a nursing yeah. home. Even. So I still had to push through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very important, especially if you are the face of your business and your brand. And, you know, you have to make certain pivots and adjustments mentally and physically and financially. And I I tend to ask that to a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, to see how they're doing psychologically and mentally because it's such a huge, you know, transition. And we have to make sure that we ourselves are in a great place to make sure that everybody else who we are serving 
can really rely on us because we become that thing. We become that pillar in the community where people say, look, I need you, I need you. You know, and, you know, it's very challenging. So I had to ask that question. So, and, and give me, give me a run through of a typical day for you in the morning. You know, what's your nutrition like? What's your fitness routine? What's your, are you meditating? What are you doing? You know, when you first get up. Well, I, when I first get up, I'm looking at my phone to make sure I had no emergencies at any of my facilities during the night. So I wake up, I look at my phone, which I'm pro- I probably shouldn't, but I have to. So I wake up and I look at my phone and then I kind of, you know, just take a stretch and think about how the day will progress. You know, I'm always thankful to God for allowing me to wake up. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing. And then, you know, I try to have some water as much as I can. And then I immediately start. I'm attempting to work on my health journey a little bit better with exercising and fitness. So I'm doing that a little more, um, especially with the COVID. I'm doing a little bit more fitness. And then I, I do that. And then, you know, I get my day started with working. And, you know, I kind of just take a deep breath a lot of times. And it's important for me to make sure that mentally I'm grounded because there's so many individuals that depend on me. Like I don't never have a moment where I can, I can shut off. And, you know, like the question you asked earlier about the challenges, you, you know, we're based out of Florida. So, you know, cold just unlike anything we've had in, in, in my time. However, we, we deal with hurricanes. So we're kind of, you know, from June to November, I'm always sitting in a place of this could happen at any time, you know, so right. I just have to stay ready. I have to stay ready. Yeah, you you having a high awareness mindset, and that's like, especially when you, I didn't even think about it, when you said Florida and hurricanes, like, yo, you know, around June and November, anything can happen, man, so. Exactly. That's crazy, you know, that's crazy. So now you've been doing this for over 25 years, helping disadvantaged uh, groups and working with you know, progressing in health, community, and human service industry. What was your greatest accomplishment in your 25 years, you think, that you can remember? I think my greatest accomplishment, and personally, was being able to take care of my mom who had mental illness because I went to foster care. So we had that rough moment where I was angry with her, but then I had to realize that her mental illness was, you know, a part of who she was it wasn't directly who she is and so I think that caring for my mom up until she passed away in, in, in 17 that was a great accomplishment because it takes a lot for an ind- for a child to accept all of the mother's strengths and some of their weaknesses and still give her excellent care so I would say that that was the greatest country you know that was the great thing that I've done and then having my own um, facilities at one time, I only wanted to consult, and I was telling friends and family, and they were like, you do it for some? Like, no, I don't want the responsibility. But then I just decided that this is just my calling. So I think, you know, being able to care for individuals and to do it full time. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. You know, it takes a special type of spirit, a special type of soul to really deal with that full time. Because a lot of people are not built that type of work and you know what I mean you know exactly exactly <laughs> it does it, it, it does it requires it, it requires a mental wellness 
because you have to understand that the individuals that you're serving may not be intellectually as inclined as another person. So you have to understand that they may require you to interact with them differently than maybe you would with your children or other family members. So you have to have a patience, a patience more so than with your own family, because these are individuals that at any point in time, they may have some behaviors that require them to be redirected. So it's never personal. So each day is a new day and that's how we operate. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So let's talk about your 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 four day theme masterclass. Let's talk about that. How did that come about? Well, I've had so many people go to, to ask me, "Can you teach? Can you teach me?" And for so long, I was like, "I don't really want to teach anyone because I was apprehensive about teaching anyone to come into this field because I didn't want to be responsible for individuals coming in." And not really having a commitment to the individuals we serve. Um, it is, you know, it's a great place to work, a place to feel to, it's a great field to have an opportunity to help individuals. However, we know that sometimes, you know, in this field, individuals who are vulnerable, they, they become targets of abuse, of neglect. So I was apprehensive. I was like, nah, I don't know if I want to teach anyone that. And then one day I was sitting with, a couple of friends and family and they were like you really need to teach people what you do you always have a lot of individuals asking so we thought about it and I said well how can I do it in a manner that would be exciting to me in a manner that I could get the most information out and so I said well it's not a master class where typically you know some of them are one day I wanted to create a form where I could ensure that everyone got as much information as possible. So I said, well, let's do two days in person and two days online so that I could ensure you had all the information you needed to make the appropriate decision if you wanted to move forward with owning, you know, or operating one for someone. Because it's very intense. It requires a certain kind of person, a disciplined person. Yeah. Now, how are you able to... Uh, well, let's say this. Are you able to immediately identify qualified students or candidates who think that they want to be in it? You know what I'm saying? Can you identify them if you're like, hey, I don't think that he or she may be a good fit for it? Because some people just might be want to do something, you know, just to try to make them money versus service, you know? Can you identify the people who really want to do it versus the ones who just want to get a check? Well, I normally, if someone approaches me and says, oh, I heard you have a group home and I heard you guys make a lot of money, they're not an ideal candidate. Because the thing, the, the true fact is that while we're, we're able to take care of our families, it requires resources to ensure that the operation continues. So I'm not going to tell anyone that you're going to be, you know, Bill Gates or Bezo, I'm going to say that right. we're able to do what we do, what we love to do, and we're able to ensure that we can take care of our families. But I'm usually very cautious of the questions that an individual asks me. If you're money driven, then prob- you're probably not the best person to own or operate your only facility, own facility. Sure. And most of the time, also, when someone has a story and they tell me a story when I'm talking to them, like if they say, oh, I came from foster care. Oh, I have a cousin in a, in a group home or, or an aunt in an ALS. 
then usually there's a connection. So though they make better students than yeah. others. So yeah. It, but anyone that first question is about money, that's just ideal, not a person, not a great person for this field. Yeah, and you made a great point when you said people who grew up in a foster care or they grew up in a group home. So they, they have empathy. They have a greater understanding of what it takes, you know, to do this type of work. And then they can really be sympathetic to people who are suffering and struggling themselves. So, you know, they can they can have the increased patience and understanding, you know, to make them a great, great uh, caregiver as well. Now, doing well, not just COVID-19, but what are some of the challenges sometimes for caregivers? Because people don't know that being a caregiver or being somebody who's really, you know, uh, in a situation where you just have to look for somebody, it can be very challenging. You know, uh, what what are some of the challenges? You don't have to name a whole list of much, you know, but three. You know, what are some of the challenges, you know, three challenges for being a caregiver? Well, owning, operating a facility, one of the challenges is finding great employees. That's one of the challenges. And, and that have a clean background. You know, sometimes oh, that's yeah. not necessarily what we're, we're, we're presented with. But it's very, employees are very challenging because, again, it takes, a, it takes a special individual to work with an individual that, like I said, may have a behavior that are not at their best that day. You know, you have to have a lot of patience. You really have to. You may get, you know, I don't want to scare one, but you may get an individual day that feels like they want to pop you upside your head or you can't pop them back upside their head. You know, we have techniques in place and trainings where you would restrain that individual. So finding a person who understands that this particular individual is here for you to care for them and that they may have certain actions that you don't agree with, but there still has to be a certain level of respect and dignity that is provided to the individual. So I would say employees, you know, for the most part. Another yeah. challenge is, you, yeah, so, you know, that's one of families. Sometimes I have individual, individuals where their families are not active in their lives. So they're recreating a family for them. And sometimes they just want to belong to their family. And so, you know, you're trying to give them this family, but they still know who their mom was for a while. They know who their dad is. They know Christmas comes and some clients may go home and visit families and others don't. So, you know, we have those challenges as well. And then in an environment where you have individuals living together, we do a pretty good job, but every now and then, they may have a moment where they just don't like each other. So you have to help them to understand why each person is here and how they can support each other so that it's a smoother transition. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You know, um, I retired from the state of Georgia from the Department of Behavioral Health and Disabilities. And there's a hospital here that is filled with, you know, drug uh, addictive individuals, people who had mental health issues and who, who did some horrific things to or to family members or into society. And um, one thing, like I do know, if you're not a trained individual, like and you actually just working for a paycheck and you're like, oh, so and so 
crazy, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, what I found out, Natasha, is that a lot of people who dealt, who was there that was dealing with some type of mental health or drug addictive uh, uh, substance were actually highly, highly intelligent. You know, just sitting down. I, I got along better with the patients that I got along better with the coworkers, I promise you. And uh, these individuals were very intelligent. They was college educated. You know, they were, you know, they just had a mental breakdown, something happened in their lives. And, you know, they, they, they took a turn to the worst. But when you, when I sat down and had conversations with them, like, hey, how are you doing today? What's going on? And, you know, and uh, they was, actually had a great conversation with me. And, and they said, you know, I, you know, I got a college degree. And this, 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 this. just looking at them, you're like, you never wouldn't even know it. You know, so, but yeah. I, the reason why I said that, because, like, you help people to, you know, you provide business development assistance and, you know, um, um, consultative strategies, professional mentor and startups and venues and stuff like that, small business, you know, and a lot of people when they're in homes or in community settings like that, they want to transition back to some source of normalcy, you know, so how important is for you to make sure these individuals are really, really getting that, that information that they need to get back into the world, get back to some type of normalcy. Well, the key and the key in ensuring that the normalcy is placed in their lives is the plans that we come with, the care plans, and in the care plans, we're asking them their goals. We're asking them what would they prefer to help them with over another. We're asking them what does it look like if they were able to live with their families. What does it look like if they were to able to live on their own? And then what we do is based on that, we start to identify develop the goals and then we start to work on those particular skills now we do have some individuals that may never live with their families and that's either a family source choice or it is is the intellectual iq that will won't allow them but we're always still working towards those goals so if someone wants to live on their own and maybe they never will we're still helping them to learn how to properly clean their home because this is their home. We're still helping them learn how to go grocery shopping because, you know, they can choose the foods that they want. We're still helping them go on medical appointments. Now, if we have someone and the goal eventually is to return back home, then we're going to do family meetings with the families. We're going to reach out to their supports, the natural supports in that environment. When I say natural supports, those are the supports that aren't being paid to assist them so that once they leave our facility, there's a team in place that can allow them to be successful in the environment in which they return to. Yeah. You know, and reading reading your bio and talking to you, hearing your voice and hearing your, your temperament and, and, and your voice, it sounds like you've got a really high success rate in what you do. You know, I'm not going to ask you what the success rate is, but it sounds like you're very diligent in making sure that individuals uh, getting, you know, getting where they need to be and a success rate is really high. So what's, what's your emotional state when you see a client actually succeed from your training or from your, 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 your mentorship or from your program? What's that emotional content for you? Well, I'm always emotional because they they make accomplishments each day, whether it's my little milestones or whether it's major. Because remember, I have some individuals 
that the IQ is lower than 65. So if we get someone in here, if we have the person in, they accomplished tying their shoes that day. And we've mm-hmm. been teaching them for six months and they accomplish and that's an accomplishment for us. We yeah, get an man. individual, you know what I'm saying? So there's a whole different type of accomplishment that occur. They may not be on a big, uh, on a, a grand stage, but there's still accomplishments that, you know, have occurred, you know, occur. So what we do is we try to reward weekly. We try to stay in tune with um, everyone displays positive behavior. So we reward positive behavior. You know, so we try to put those supports in place. Some of our individuals have an actual behavior analyst that comes in the home that deal with them on how to handle certain situations. If they're having an aggressive moment, then we're going to deal with that. If they, you know, if they're used to being verbally aggressive, so we're going to decrease those behaviors. We actually have some individuals where they uh, want to physically be abusive with someone at the time. So we're always working on different things, but however, each day is a success for us. A day that yeah. someone doesn't have to go to crisis to the hospital, you know, uh-huh. a day where someone is not arguing with the roommate, but no, it's not perfect. Trust yeah. me, it's not perfect. It takes a lot, but we celebrate the small accomplishments. Yeah, man, that's that's what I'm talking about because I know so many people right now, they be whining about a little stuff. And I be looking at them like, you just need to be quiet because exactly, you know, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes i'm like man exactly. get away from me all that whining you you know you woke up this morning you was in your right mind you had a, no pain in your body you got food on the table you know how to do certain things and you just mentioned something so man so pivotal you was like if somebody tied this shoe today after trying for six months people neglect the little things like so many people, like maybe maybe they, I work with people who, you know, had a stroke. Now they're trying to recover and getting to that point of learning how to use their fine motor skills, such as tying their shoe, uh, brushing yeah. their teeth, or combing their hair, you know, or using their gross motor skills as far as like, you know, getting down on the floor, getting back up off the floor, you know, rolling over, you know. And so many people in society, they neglect these gifts and they whine and oh you know it's so hot outside you know I'm like I don't get it so it struck me when you say when people went when somebody says look man you know they tie their shoes today that's a huge accomplishment for a lot of people and I can I can I, I know how you feel and I know how your staff feel because you work towards that every day to say if I can get this person to tie the shoe they're close and then the person you know to say hey I tied my shoe today and I had an individual came to me two years ago and say hey I buttoned my shirt today yeah it may not be a big deal to you Terrence but for me I said no you're dealing with a lot of arthritis in your wrists and your fingers and your elbows you know so for you to do that and and be excited about that I'm excited for you as well so I get what you're saying so it's it's, you know you have to be really patient and understanding what people could just imagine if if it was you or a family member that you know uh, just to say it was your 
your cousin, a family member that you was in charge of, and this person couldn't do X, Y, and Z, that will frustrate you. I don't think a lot of people have the patience <laughs> to deal with that. They want to put this person in the home and all this crazy stuff. But, you know, just imagine, though, so it's like, when you said that, you know, my eyes just, just, just lit up. So I understand how that feels. So healthcare with a purpose. Why that theme? Why that um, um, mission statement right there? Well, healthcare with a purpose. Why that? You know, because a lot of people they just think of healthcare and they 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 go on about their business. So why did you name it um, your company? That why did you founded that? Because I was I was talking to my assistant slash best friend slash partner, and I was sitting here and I'm like, we were thinking of names, and then I said healthcare with a purpose because in order to work in this field you have there's a purpose you want to see individuals succeed you want to change someone life, someone's life so it's like what's the purpose we have to have a purpose in what we do the purpose is in order for someone to exceed succeed they need us so we have to have a purpose and you know i say that you know our passion gets us started but our purpose keeps us going. You have to have a passion for this to start. And then your purpose has to be that you want to see others succeed, that you want to change if it's one person's life. And that'll keep you going because if we do it this year and then we do it next year and then we continue. So the healthcare was, I want to be, I want to be able to provide this master class to individuals that want the training, that have a purpose within this field so again it's not about money it's about what's your purpose why do you want to own a group home why do you want to own an ALS you have to have a purpose because if you don't have a purpose you will not succeed you will not succeed at all yeah I, 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 I totally agree with you are there any differences between um, state and letter and state and federal laws when it comes down to it? Because a lot of people don't know. It's, you know, you got a lot. You got to abide by a lot of laws on the state and federal level. So if they want to get into this type of business, are there difference in between the two? Well, actually, we're we have to abide by local laws, state laws, and federal laws. So mm-hmm. we're always all three however we have more state laws that we're following than federal laws because the federal government is is normally telling the state what they want to see because the federal government funds us so they're saying to the state this is what can occur with this specific dollar amount so we're pretty much having more conversations with state than we are federal and we're having state oversight and then we're having local oversight monthly so again we're kind of balancing all three because we need to be in compliance with all three yeah you know so so but normally this is where you're going to have more of the interaction with and so we're normally guided by what the administrative codes are and the administrative laws once you know the governor and the state have decided what we should be about what we should be doing so yeah. you have to balance them all though 
and I and I think that I won't say I would never say it's easy. I will say that it takes a, a special kind of person, and then you have to be willing to develop a special type of team. You can't do this on your own. You have to have great people to support the vision and the mission. Yeah. So it's about building a team of resources, individuals like-minded who have been the purpose as just the same as you. Yeah, and, and, and the, the best way to build a team in this particular industry, well, in the industry, you got to have like-minded individuals in you, and you've got to have a purpose versus the paycheck. You know, most people might exactly. see it as a paycheck. You know, or we're going to get the automatic checks regardless. You know, we don't care if they eat, we don't care if this is net, you know, but you have to have a purpose because, you know, these are, these are uh, individuals and humans too. You know, one thing that was crazy to me uh, during COVID, when they always, it was talking early part of COVID uh, last year, they were talking about, oh, how to do this, not to do that. You know, they really was not really focusing on the, the people, individuals who had, was dealing with uh, mental health issues or maybe the handicapped or disabled. They was only talking about the healthy body of of the public and it kind of it kind of reminded me natasha of you know uh a a big holiday meal thanksgiving or christmas the adults sit at the big table and the little kids (laughs) stay at the little table exactly (laughs) you know and and i was like and i was like because i was working with so many individuals who suffered um from joint pain and stroke and cancer like doing these talks to COVID and shut-in and they really wasn't talking about these individuals. They really wasn't talking about the population who suffered from mental health illness as far as depression and anxiety and PTSD and adult ADHD and, you know, the meds that they're prescribing, you know, and a lot of people who were uh, um, extroverts was actually now forced to stay inside and become an introvert. They couldn't deal with that, you know, and domestic violence went up by 45%, you know, and it's like people was on edge, you know. So, I mean, during this time, you know, I'm working with individuals who are really, really saying, hey, Terrence, I'm going through some things right now and they got me on this, this med and it's causing me to gain weight and you know, I'm spazzing now because like, I'm in the house. Like, you know, it's just crazy. But you know, it just, you know, it it, it takes us. You have to be a strategic listener to really help people. You know, pretty much get off the ledge when they're going through some things. When you know, uh, I used to play music for my one client to, don't push me because I'm close to the edge to play that song yes. she said thanks for playing that song I got it on repeat you know and um, that really helped her and so uh, do you do you find individuals on your day two who have a problem with um, negative self-talk do you hear it a lot you know and if you do what do you do or what do you say to those individual to help them really kind of like, you know, really talk, you know, affirmations or anything like that into them? Because it's challenging, well, I know. 
it's very challenging. And that's where throughout the day, we're always telling our individuals how much we, you know, how we care for them, how much we love them. We're always giving hugs without them, without it getting inappropriate. We're always just reminding them that they're a human. I don't tell, I don't I don't encourage my staff. Actually, I forbid it. But we don't say you're here because you have a disability. We usually right. say you're here because you needed some extra assistance with being a better person or being a per- the great person that you are. So they're, they're constantly reminded of that. And so what I do, is it's just required of staff that... They have to be treated with dignity. They have to be treated with respect. I expect you to communicate with them well. I expect you to listen to them. And I expect you to ensure that they feel loved. And I tell my staff that the the home is the consumers. You're a guest in their home. So I expect you to operate within their their home as a guest. And when we do all those things, then they're empowered. And when they feel empowered then we can work a little easier with them. But when you take away someone's power, then you're going to get those moments of negativity. And then I'm a person who, um, you know, with losing mom, and, and then that was traumatic for me. So now I'm really big on, I don't want to hear it, especially from the staff. The clients, I understand. But I'm very big on, let's not do that today. Let's find something that we're thankful for today. And so, you know, and with COVID, you know, it's a little bit more difficult, but we're still managing to get through because the one thing is, and I keep saying, even before COVID, our individuals had illnesses or concerns that were already there. So we're doing this, whether we have COVID, whether we have a hurricane, we're always Mm -hmm. reminding our individuals of how important they are. Yeah, yeah. And it's so imperative that we do that. And that they're valued. Because, again, society for individuals with disabilities or when, you know, you're elderly, it's like they get pushed to the side. And so if there's not someone like yourself or I advocating for them, then they're just like, oh, that's just so-and-so over there. But our, our job is to ensure that whoever they encounter understands that they're a human being the disability is not who they are it's just something that they have right right exactly exactly that's awesome the way you said that man it's so important so yeah i just just want the listeners when they come back and hear this you know i want them to really slow their life down and be grateful for all the the things that they have that the things that you are in control of because when you hear shows like this are stories like this from individuals who are in you like basically Natasha you know you are in the trenches okay this is like a battleground you know most people they don't want to jump in that ditch with you and help and help fight this battle you know and um so for listeners you know I want you to really really pay attention and listen to this show because you need to do something to join the fight, you know, and you never know. One day, you know, it could be one day, you know, you know, you're eating all this junk food and you're doing all these things. It can be you that may need some assistance, as maybe, you know what I'm saying? So, God forbid something happens to you. So, you really need to slow your life down. And I think this is what the last year have done. Natasha really, like, slow us yeah. down to really 
uh, reflect and take a gander of, okay, uh, what's going on, what I'm going to do, you know, because so many people, even though they're dealing with, I mean, mental health issues and, you know, drug abuse and PTSD, like I said, you know, a lot of people are still struggling with that, like, you know, they're really on the edge, and I see it every day, I talk to people all the day, you know, and I'm like, how are you doing today, you know, I go to, you know, clients' houses, and they're like, oh, man, you know, this this freaking dog is barking so much, it's getting on my nerve, you know, they're about to wear any little thing, you know, and um, I just like, well, you know, just take a deep breath, you know, talk about coping mechanisms and strategies, and taking deep breaths, and counting from 100 to uh, one and let's go for a walk. Let's get some sunshine. Drink some water. Breathing techniques. You know, just you know, what your nutrition is like. You know, if you eating. You know, have you eaten already today at twelve o'clock? Have you eaten yet? No, I haven't eaten. So your sugar could be dropping. So the side effects of that is irritability and crankiness or hangry. You know, so you really have to um, pinpoint the signs and symptoms of why he or she could be having a reaction to you know something just minor you know anything can be going on so to be the active listener and you know really be uh, a strategic uh, part of their life and say look okay deep breath let's meditate let's go sit outside in the park you know this you know it's a very important uh, thing to do to help people man and, and once they start to come down off that edge they're gonna look at you like I don't know what I'm doing I didn't know what I'm going to do without you, you know, it's like, but for you and, or for me, it can be a very uh, great emotional and mental um, stability, a stabilization for us as well, because, you know, it's like, man, I'm great at what I do, you know, this gives me gratitude, you know, this is the purpose to really help other people strive to get to that point of um, a quality of life or activities of daily living, you know, to really get back to some sense of normalcy. Because if we all screwed up, I was screwed up last exactly. year. And I'm like, well, I'm like, what? what? <laughs> I didn't yeah, know what yeah, so I'm I'm glad I'm glad. So listen, this is the Your Best Lifestyles um, Health and Wellness International Podcast. I'm your host, Terrence Hutchinson. I'm talking here. With the very, very, very accomplished and lovely Natasha Jordan. She is the founder, the owner of Healthcare with a Purpose. She's out of Florida. What part of Florida are you in? Miami. My, uh, Miami. Now, listen, yeah. I love my I love Miami. Your hands are full. <laughs> yes. Yes. Your hands are full. <laughs> Miami, Miami. Yes, yes. Miami stand up. I love you guys. Natasha, your hands are full. Okay. Yeah, I commend you. I commend you. <laughs> I congratulate you for being a force down there to deal with a lot of issues. Okay. Trust me. And I know you probably get from every culture, you know, coming in. Yeah. You know, so you, and that's another thing. And let's talk about that right quick. So, you're dealing with different cultures, but people got to understand there's different backgrounds, there's different cuisines, there's different uh, political and religion views, you know, different ways that you, as a caregiver, as a person that's really dealing with that, how challenging it is for you to adapt 
to, you know, those different individuals who are different from you. You know, because Miami is Miami. You know, you got to deal with different ethnics. So how challenging is it for you and your staff when it, when it comes down to dealing with people? It can be challenging, but what we as what we have identified in our facility is that if someone comes in and they're of a different nationality, we work to cater as well to them as we do if minority. So the minority and the majority, we work to ensure that there's a balance. So we have individuals, you know, that are Haitian. So we try to hire a Haitian staff, and we try to make sure that there's Haitian food, and then we have individuals that are Spanish and so we try to embrace the diversity we're never saying because I'm a black owned resident you know group home that I'm only serving this kind of food or we only going to these activities or the church it's a balance and you know it's a balance and we have to we have to do that because the idea is that we have to ensure that there's diversity in the services that we provide and so you know, and like my best friend, who's my assistant slash business partner, all in one, she's Spanish. So it works, you know, it's just a balance. And, and, and so that helps her to assist me in areas where I may need, you know, a Spanish speaking individual and, you know, vice versa. So we balance it. But Florida is, you know, it's, it's different. Florida is unique. It's challenging. Um, I've been here for about 20 years or so. I moved here from New York. So it's challenging. But I like Florida. I like the diversity. Yeah. I think but you that it's... Go ahead. I think that it's welcoming. And you have to adjust to, you have to adjust to Florida. I won't say it's the easiest place to live. It requires adjusting. <laughs> hey, you came from New York. You'd be fine. Exactly. That's it's, it's a slower version. It's a slower version of New York, and I think that's what drew me to it. Along with the weather, I left New York because it was really bad one winter, and I refused. I said, "I'm never starting a car in the in the winter time. I'm never pushing a car. You have to start a car in New York about 30 minutes before you drive." And I had it one winter, and I was like, "I'm done." And so yeah. that's kind of how it went. But I would trade Miami for anything in the world. Yeah, I. I, I didn't have no idea of moving to Miami, but I've been there a few times, you know, just on a holiday, uh, you know, just, just because. I stayed upstate New York from 1988 to two, 2006, so I know about the the snow. Yeah. When I moved yeah. to Atlanta, I was like, oh, I'm done with all that. You know, that's, that's, that's amazing because I, I you know, I, I, I'm so happy to hear that you um, show so much diversity in your programs and your business, Natasha, because, you know, one thing, mental health and all these different ailments uh, for individuals, it does not discriminate. Mental health, mental illness is mental illness. It does not discriminate. It does not, you know, all these At different all. things. It does not discriminate. So, you know, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing that what you're doing, I'm so happy um, that you was able to share this story with us, you know, because, so many people are going through so much right now. And that's another thing. Ooh, well, we about to get into it. What do you say <laughs> to people <laughs> who actually need the help but don't want to go get the help? Like some people need to come in. 
You know what I'm saying? And they don't want to come in. What do you say to those people who really need to help but feel like, you know, I'm good, I'm good? What do you tell those individuals? Well, you're always trying to encourage an individual to seek help. However, if they choose not, you're still trying to provide some some support to them in their day, you know, in their daily lives. I, I run to individuals, you know, quite often. I might t- I take my individuals to the doctor, see a person who, you know, kind of needs it, but you can tell that they're really not in the mood to get it or whatever. So I just kind of have conversations and I try to remind individuals and to, t- you know, I. I had someone who said they don't need a therapist. And I was like, well, therapists are good individuals to have, you know, Uh because they allow you to see things that maybe you're not seeing. Because, you know, sometimes we can be tunnel vision. So I tell individuals that sometimes getting the help is not about I need help because I'm crazy. Help is sometimes a way for someone to help you understand those feelings, those emotions, those thoughts so I'm always going to encourage individuals to I'm always going to encourage individuals to get help but for those that don't seek help you know maybe certain kind of music maybe a certain you know book that you can read you know prayer look at something on tv I try to tell individuals you know look on youtube for something with doctors is calm techniques but the first suggestion is always to seek help because you know, in a world that we live in now, we really need we really need to be ensuring that our mental wellness is, is is that optimal, you know, condition. Especially you know, we have some racism things going on, and we have the COVID. So right now, it's really chaotic for us. This is the, I've never seen anything like this. I'm 49, and this for me, the last few years is like whoa. You know, oh, you know, even the pandemic, I was just like shocked when it started. I was like, is this what I'm watching? And I would watch the news and be like, oh, my God, it would be a thousand died. And today, two thousand died. I'm like, yeah, I'm watching individuals. So it's just been, you know, a changing me as well, because it just allows me to understand that tomorrow is really not promised. Most definitely, yeah. Hey, I, w- I want to say something. Um, I, I, I had a Dr. B, or she's a clinical psychiatrist, and she said something to me. Uh, it was during the pandemic. It was last year. She said, Terrence, let me tell you something. Men is four times more likely to die than women when it comes down to mental illness and stress because men... We've been, you know, we've been taught to suck it up, take it on the chin, quit crying, you know, and women more like, you know, we go talk to a therapist, they go, I say we, they go talk to a therapist or they go talk to, you know, their girlfriends and get some things off their chest. Well, a man, you know, doesn't really do those things. And um, her offers or her practice consider men of being superheroes. They're viewed as superheroes when they come in at book sessions. They're not viewed as weak, you know. And I said that's that's very interesting, you know. And so I, yeah, I said that to say for the men, for the, when the men listen to this, like if you're dealing with issues, whether it's mental, emotional, whatever, got you bogged down, 
please go uh, see an individual like Natasha Jordan. Go see a therapist. Check yourself, man. You know, do a self-evaluation. See where you are. Okay, because a lot of times the side effects, you might be going through depression. You know, the side effects of depression in the men is frustration and irritability and uh, maybe gambling, sexual abuse, uh, alcohol consumption, uh, self-medication. Like, we don't know it. You know, we don't go into, ooh, I'm going to cry my eyes out. No, we, we men deal with it differently. You know, and when I even went through depression, uh, when I moved from New York to Atlanta in 06, I'm like, you know, uh, there's a lot going on from my divorce. So I did not know what was going on with me, but I had to go talk to somebody because I know that, you know, I wasn't living my best life at that time. And then I started to describe a lot of things that was going on. She said, oh, you're depressed. And I didn't feel like I was depressed because I was still exactly. wilding out. <laughs> like, I'm exactly. good. Exactly. She said, "No, you 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 dealing with a <laughs> you dealing with depression." I was like, "What?" She said, "Yeah, you know." So men, okay, please, you know, uh, check in, go talk to Natasha um, Jordan and her team, and sit down and have a conversation, man. Really get the help that you need. Maybe you know somebody. Maybe you got an uncle, a brother, a cousin, a father, grandfather, somebody who's dealing with something. You know, you really, really want to, um, even women, if you got a husband, you got the brother and all these different things, and, you know, they need help, recommend. And tell somebody, to tell somebody, you know, hey, I need, I need so-and-so, you know, to get checked out, you know, and make sure that he's okay. Because, you know, one thing I come to find out is like, when I tell people all the time, it's like, look. If something happened to you and you're the pillar of that family, you are no longer the asset of that family. You are the liability. Okay? Certainly. Your life slows down if something happens to you. Whether you get in a car accident, you had a stroke, you know, whatever, diabetes, your life slows down. Everything slows down. So now people got to potentially start taking care of you. And that's the part that scares me because <laughs> I want nobody taking care of me. I'm... I want to be 100-something years old, still in my right mind, driving my car and all that, you know, whatever it is. I don't think I want to have nobody take care of me. But if something happens to me, you know, I'm pretty sure that somebody may take care of me. That's the scary part. But, you know, but, you I know, agree. Just, I agree. yeah, just get help, you know, just because, like you said, these times are unprecedented. These are unprecedented times still. And last year, you know, I can imagine what you and your staff was going through, you know, for, for the last two years. Like, what is, what is happening, you know? And But, you know, I, I bet you any money that made you so much more of a better person, as a better caregiver, as a better business owner, as a better boss. It was challenging, but... It, it probably tests your resolve and help you to, you know, wear a lot of hats and peel back a lot of layers. Do you agree with that? Exactly. Oh, yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. Because it was it was something new. You know, again, it's new and you're saying, okay, we're going to wear masks and we're going to put on gloves and now we're going to social distance. And how does that occur in a facility where we're already in a house and it's close proximity and then remember my staff still have to go home to their family and what happens uh. if four staff are out so it was all of these it was all of these thoughts so it was yeah. like take a deep breath 
and then we the team we just had to figure it out and made we we, we did good i have to say my staff did an excellent job I, I i commend them and they're still doing an excellent job right now because we're still you know identifying what's next for us as a long-term care facility because you know we have to make sure that people are ongoing you know we've been doing doing the vaccine you know the clients so that worked out good because it was like okay you know they've all went through that process and so so we're just taking it day by day day by day but we're just making sure to be present in the moment we're not saying okay it's over and it doesn't exist because now we're more aware than ever that something could happen I mean I'm sure in 1918 you never thought pandemic we're, you know you see it on the TV here it may happen you're watching movies but you're like oh wait a minute they said we're in a pandemic you know so yeah. you just have to stay in the moment and now we just understand that anything could happen so while we were prepared before, we want to ensure that we're better prepared. Because oh, yeah. what if something like this happens again? Yeah, you want to be ready, ready, ready. And it, 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 it caught a lot of businesses off guard, obviously. It caught a lot of, you know, manufacturers of, you know, handouts, sanitized wipes. It caught everybody off guard. So people were scrambling, you know, trying to get it right. And I was one of them, you know, but. I was like, you know what? Let me t- let me fall back because I'm a health and wellness consultant. So I'm like, let me fall back and take a look. And once I did that, and I started going through like my pantry and underneath my things, I re- I didn't realize how many bottles of sanitizer I had already had <laughs> in place. You know, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you got a lot of soap. You know, and it's like, oh, we, we got food. I'm like, oh, we good right now. Let everybody else go crazy. And then it was time for, you know, so it's just, you got to stock up, man. You know, and you got to be prepared. But, you know, um, it's, I don't think that we'll ever see anything like this again. This is the first time I've seen some stuff in my 53 years. And, but this is like totally, you know, it's crazy. However, you know, I, I know a lot of people who are high performers and they were able to shift so much and really come out on the other end of this pandemic. Like they couldn't, they couldn't hire enough people for the help. So it kind of like benefited them a lot. And I hate to use that word, but you know, so many people lost their lives and their jobs, but actually so many people, businesses exploded in the process. That's a lot. Exactly. Yeah, it's a lot of success stories, too. So that, that's a great thing about it, you know. And um, so a, a mentor of mine said, you know what, Terrence, when you are a high performer, when you're always looking for a way to self-improve and do this and do that, you know, opportunity will present itself and, you know, you'll see it even in the midst of chaos and turmoil. You want to find a blessing, you know, to make you, you know, and I was like, mm, okay, I, yeah, I, I understand that because, you know, um, so many things took off for us. But, you know, it, you know, I tell people, Natasha, like, if you are still here at this present moment, also, you know, you need to pat yourself on the back. You know, you need to say, congratulations, you are still here. You are so thriving. You are so, you know, progressing. 
you know, your family yeah. story. You know what I'm saying? It's like... Most certainly. I, I'd be like, man, you know, I'm still here. <laughs> a lot of people did not make it. Like you mentioned a few minutes ago, a thousand people died here, two thousand people died here. So many people commit suicide because of mental health, mental health illnesses, you know, and the process. And, you know, and it's just, it was just crazy. So, Ladies yeah, and gentlemen, this this is this is uh, Miss Natasha Jordan. She is the owner and founder of Healthcare with a Purpose. Now, I, Natasha, please let's close the show out. Give anybody any final encouraging words, and tell everybody, you know, how and where they can connect with you, just in case he or she may need help, or a family member, or friend, uh, somebody maybe they don't even like may need help. You know, um, tell everybody how they can get in contact with you. Well, they can find us on Instagram at Healthcare with a Purpose. They can find us on our Facebook business page, Healthcare with a Purpose. You can also follow Natasha the Brand Jordan on Facebook and Instagram. So as we build the platform, those are the places that they can find us. That's awesome. Any final words? of encouragement I would encourage everyone to their best life I would encourage everyone to look within themselves to try to figure out how they can give to others make helping another person a priority enjoy the moments with your family enjoy the time the pivotal moments with your co-workers because again like you said you never know I would encourage everyone that wants to be a caregiver or wants to help out in the community, wants to start their own business to take healthcare with a purpose masterclass because the goal of this is for us to find other individuals that want to share in the helping field. It's the healthcare field, but to us, it's the helping field. We need individuals who this is their passion so that we can help them to ensure it becomes their purpose. And I appreciate you as well. Yeah, I appreciate you for appreciating me. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. At first, I want to say, you know, thank you so much for being on the front line and doing all the amazing things that you're doing in the healthcare industry because I know it's been really challenging for you as well. You know, we don't, a lot of times we congratulate the, um, the nurses and the doctors and, you know, police officers, but we don't really touch on individuals like yourself and your team and your company, what you guys are doing, you know, like, this is some real work. This is not for yeah, the, in the, in the faint of heart. This is, this is, this is real frontline work. So I want to say, you know, um, I appreciate that work. I appreciate what you're doing in your communities, you know, not just in Miami, but potentially on a global stage, you know, with the power of the Internet and all these different things like that. So it's a major deal. So I want to say thank you so much for your commitment. Thank you, thank you for your, um, your strength, your, your, your fearlessness, you know, and your ability to really do this type of work because you know it's not for everyone everybody's not uh everybody does not have the uh intestinal fortitude (laughs) 
to do this type of thing, you know what I mean? So it's fair, it kicks in, you know, you got to deal with a whole lot. So, you know, I want to say thank you so much for um, being on the front line. Shout out to your staff. Kudos for them for the support that they're giving you as a leader and all the work that they're putting in, you know, um, even when you're not around, you know, they're putting in that work, the education that you gave them, the, the training yeah. and, you know, all, all these different things come into place because, you know, it's like even when they're home, you know, you said something interesting, you know, you said because they are in the group home per se, uh, wherever setting it in. And then also, you know, they have to go home, you know, so they got to potentially go home to deal with their family members as well and then you know the way how COVID was running crazy back you know last year like that before the vaccine stopped that was a very dangerous thing I know I know some people who quarantined themselves when they came from the hospital they did not go home uh, they, they had to go through the back door and go up to the you know what I'm saying it was just crazy yes, yes you know it so shout out to them shout out to all you guys or you know um, it's just a I, I, I want everybody to take away from this show um the importance of being patient, the importance of giving a little bit more extra from yourself to help others, okay? Because we are all in this thing together. We cannot make it without one another. I know sometimes you feel like you can't do with this person. I know, I understand this. I understand the stress. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, you know, I don't want to deal with this person right now. You know, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, these things does not discriminate, you know, and you know, we got to help one another out. We got to be there for one another, especially those who are suffering from any type of um, um, chronic um, conditions or maybe handicapped. You may be, you know, disabled. You may be dealing with mental health issues. It's challenging, but you're going to have to really release part of yourself to really reach down and bring other people back up because these people are still living. They're still breathing. You know, I hate sometimes with society that when, he, when we talk about health and all that stuff, we don't really talk about this part of it. You know, it's like, go to the little kiddie's table. Y'all sit over there. We talking about the healthy people over here, you know. What about the people that can't get out and go for a walk? What about the people that can't go to the gym? What about the people who are, you know, can't feed themselves? And, you know, they still see, they still feel, they still comprehend things too, you know what I'm saying? So we got to really, really pay close attention on these individuals as well, you know, and it's it's a it's a it's a, a overlooked thing, but it's a big 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 deal, you know. So Definitely. I just want to say Definitely. that. So um, yeah, so I appreciate you. Thank you so much. This is um, uh, a blessing, you know, to really discuss these things, to put it out on a global stage, to really give significance to uh, the type of individual who you are what you are contributing to the world, not just in Miami, you know, um, the leadership that you're bringing once again to your staff and your organization, you know, on a local uh, state and federal stage, you know, and uh, most people don't understand the work that goes in behind the scenes, you know, they don't understand it, you know, so I want to say thank you so much for taking the opportunity to come in on and bless us with this with this beautiful show and um, ah, what else, what else 
<laughs> you well, know. thank you. Yeah. You be safe. You're welcome. This whole line. So, yeah, you know, um, I implore everybody, you know, take care of yourselves, man. Do the best you can. And then tomorrow, try to do better than that, you know, because you never know. Like, you know, we are not going to leave this world, you know, basically, we're not going to leave this world. Everywhere you're going to go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But why are you here? The year that you're born and that dash in between the day you die, the year you die, in between that dash, live your life. But my whole thing is this. What would they say about you, you know, when you go? What would your legacy be? What would you love for it to be? You know, are you living for your resume? Are you living for your eulogy? You know, what type of work are you are you contributing to the world? You know, legacy is like what you leave to the world when you're gone. And then a lot of times when you're here, it's like, you're letting your presence be felt even when you're not even around. That's a legacy. You know, so the type of work that Natasha is doing, she's leaving a legacy. You know what I'm saying? God forbid when she go, you know what they're going to say about her. You know? So I'm going to give you your flowers now. Okay, Natasha? So you can... Thank you. Yeah, give you your flowers now, Queen. And so you can, you know... You know, if nobody else ain't saying it, I'm going to say it because I'm in this industry too. So, you know, kudos to what you're doing and I appreciate the work. So, um, I'm Terrence Hutchinson right here at the Or Robinson Public Relations and Media Group Studio right here in Marietta, Georgia on the outskirts of Atlanta. Happy Monday. Shout out to all the, uh, uh, the veterans and, you know, Memorial Day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for your services. You know, I should have said that before on but you know I'm here now so um, thank you to everybody who supported the podcast or who are supporting the podcast uh, advertisers our sponsors our, our product placements you know um, um, everybody who's downloaded shared whatever it is and you know the positive feedback you know and we're just doing so many great things right now and we on all just about all major platforms right now so we, we just about all over the place so the feedback has been T.P. Miller, Miller uh, and great so thank you so much ladies and gentlemen and enjoy the rest of the week This episode of the Your Best Lifestyle International Podcast is sponsored today by Shop It's Fleeks Cosmetics. Check out their catalog for makeup and nail kits, scrubs, masks, eyewear, exfoliation packets, and much, much more. For your unique beauty needs, Shop It's Fleek is your one-stop shop. Discover your six-step beauty routines and many other features only on their website at www.shopitsfleet.com for all your affordable beauty needs. That's shopitsfleet.com. 